2: You're listening to Rob McConnell in the X-Zone on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at www.xzoneradio.com.
3: On the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Our toll free number tonight, 1 That is toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My email address, xzone at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our websites, www.xzoneradio.com and www.xzonetv.com. My producer tonight at Master Control, at the home of the Talkstar Radio Network in Titusville, Florida, right across Indian River from Cape Kennedy, is the one and only Sir Alec. Alec, nice working with you tonight, as it is every now, my friend. On tonight's show, joining me in a few minutes will be Stanton T. Friedman. We're going to be talking about Roswell, the crash of 1947 of a UFO. Our number two, Cliff Mickelson, joins us to talk uh, about Morgellons and to give the XO Nation our Morgellons update. Hour number three, and ruffle will be joining us to tell us how we should investigate UFO sightings. And in hour number three, X minus one, we're going to be going back to 1957 in the premier sci-fi radio series of all-time radio. Tonight, episode number 83, The Moon is Green. That's tonight here, live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network in the X Zone. Today is June the 23rd. And on this date, Napoleon's wife, Josephine, was born on this date way back in 1763. On this date in 1836, Congress approved the Deposit Act, which contained a provision for turning over surplus federal revenue to the states. In 1868, a uh, a patent was granted for the invention of the typewriter. Okay, this is a little bit of... Typewriter trivia. The very first typewriter was the size of a dining room table, had only capital letters, and the paper inside the machine was not visible to the typist. The first practical typewriter was invented by Christopher Latham Scholes and was marketed by Remington Arms Company in 1873. The first novel ever written on a typewriter? Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Not as much a thought as you may think actually went into the uh, arrangement of letters on a standard uh, typing keyboard. The letters were arranged in such a fashion to let salesmen reach over and uh, quickly spit out typewriter on a demo model, a word that could be spelled entirely on the first line. (coughs) And Smith Corona introduced the very first portable electric typewriter in 1957 in Syracuse, New York, weighing in at a hefty 19 pounds. And let me see, it. on this date, the first ever national lip-reading tournament was held on this date in 1926 in Philadelphia. Also on this date in 1938, Marineland opened up in Florida. On this date in 1970, Chubby Checker was arrested for possession of marijuana. I guess that explains why he was so chubby, because he always had the munchies. When we come back from this two-minute commercial break, Stanton T. Friedman is my very special guest as the x starts for tonight, June the 23rd. In the year 2009, here in the X-Zone on the Talk Star Radio Network. one toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. X-Zone at TalkstarRadio.com, on MSN Messenger, Talkstar Radio at Hotmail.com, and our websites, www.xzoneradio.com and TV.com. My first guest, Stanton T. Friedman, is up next on the other side of this two-minute commercial break live and around the world in the X-Zone. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us
0: sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin,
1: sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2.00 price of participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal, single item at regular price.
4: Great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores, so stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and AutoPay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details. On Talkstar.
3: Everyone, Stanton T. Friedman is my special guest this hour. He received his BSc and MSc degrees in physics from the University of Chicago in 1955 and 1956. He was employed for 14 years as a nuclear physicist by such companies as GE, GM, Westinghouse, TRW Systems, Aerojet, General Nucleonics, and McDonnell Douglas working in such highly advanced classified eventually canceled programs as nuclear aircraft, fission and fusion rockets and various compact nuclear power plants for space and terrestrial applications. Stan became interested in UFOs in 1958 and since 1967 has lectured about them at more than 600 colleges and 100 professional groups in 50 states, nine Canadian provinces and 16 other countries, in addition to various nuclear consulting efforts. He has published more than 90 UFO papers and has appeared on hundreds of radio and TV programs, including on Larry King and the year 2007, and twice in 2008, um, and many documentaries. He is the original civilian investigator of the Roswell incident and co-authored Crash at Corona, the Definitive Study of the Roswell Incident, Top Secret Magic, his controversial book about the Majestic 12 Group, established in 1947 to deal with alien technology, was published in 1996 and went through six printings. An expanded new edition was published in 2005, Stan was presented with a Lifetime UFO Achievement Award in Leeds, England in 2002 by UFO Magazine of the U.K. He is co-author with Kathleen Marden, Betty Hill's niece, of a book in 2007 entitled Captured, The Betty and Barney Hill UFO Experience. The city of Fredericton, New Brunswick declared August 27, 2007, Stanton Friedman Day. His new book, Flying Saucers and Science, was published in June 2008 and is in its third printing. Stanton has provided written testimony to the congressional hearings, appearing twice at the U.N., and been a pioneer in many aspects of ufology, including Roswell, Majestic 12, the Betty Hill, Marjorie Fish star map work, the analysis of the Delphus, Kansas physical trace case, crash saucers, flying saucer technology, and challenges to the SETI uh, cultists, Said he in this case stands for a silly effort to investigate gang. He has spoken at more MUFON symposia than anyone else, and for more information about Stanton Friedman, www.stantonfriedman.com. And Stan, welcome back to the X Zone. How are you, sir? And how are things in Fredericton, New Brunswick?
5: Things are lovely. A bit wet, of course. Like the whole northeast, I guess.
3: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, you see, here in Hamilton right now, it is 73 degrees under clear skies, and we're going up to 83 tomorrow under clear skies.
5: Well, that's coming this way. I hope, I hope, I hope.
3: That's right. I'll push <laughs> it that way tonight, Stan. I'll push it that way tonight. Good. How are you? We need, busy. It. We need How are it. you? Busy as usual?
5: Yes, I am. Uh, it's kind of strange. You know, you get older, you figure you're, you're going to be less busy. You might think about retirement. Next month, I'll be 75. What God the bless heck? you.
3: 75?
5: Yeah, man, it's hard to imagine. I don't believe it. it myself, but it's true. <laughs> but I was off to Brazil for almost a week, participating in a conference down there. I was speaking at a conference mm-hmm. in Galena, Illinois, out in the northwest corner there. McMinnville, Oregon. Boy, I hit the big cities here. <laughs> and, uh, I'll be in Roswell, of course, of next course, week. Yeah. And in course. Uh, July, in August, I'll be in Denver for MUFON, and then back in Canada for the Shag Harbor Festival.
3: Oh, that's coming up now, isn't it?
5: Yeah, the 14th of uh, August.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: Uh, and, uh, oh, i got a whole bunch of other places wow. I'm going to, and the complication is uh, Kathleen Martin and I are working on a new book. The uh, title's changed three times, but uh, science was wrong. How's that? <laughs> well, you know, it wouldn't be the first time. Uh, no, we make a point of showing that uh, the nasty, noisy negativists have often made proclamations of impossibility yep. that turned out to be wrong. You, you may have noticed that over the years. Well, it's,
3: it's my I think my favorite one of all time is, uh, it may not be science, but it certainly goes to academia where children are being still taught in school that Christopher Columbus discovered America.
5: Yeah, go up to Newfoundland and they'll exactly. say, hey, that's not the way it is, folks. Exactly.
3: Exactly. Excuse me. Stan, we're getting ready for the Roswell uh, anniversary. That's coming up on July the 4th. And uh, what are you going to be talking about at Roswell this year?
5: Well, uh, frankly, a lot. I'm doing four. They'd like to take advantage of my being there. They love me in Roswell.
3: Well, of course, if it wasn't for Stanton Friedman, all this... uh, you, You know, you are the father of ufology.
5: Well, grandfather, good. Good. I, I like father better. <laughs>
3: no, you are the father because without you, you know, and meeting with Jesse Marcel, telling the world the story of Roswell and allowing people to add all the pieces to the UFO jigsaw puzzle trying to get that picture all together, Stanton, Lord. where would ufology <laughs> be?
5: I don't know, they'd be busy with other things, I guess, but uh yeah, Roswell was having <laughs> they got a split personality, split three ways this year uh for the last couple of years there have been two separate programs. I'm mm-hmm. sponsored by the museum, the International UFO Museum and Research Center, and I'm a I guess they call me a founding member, something like that. The city of Roswell has its own show going over at the Civic Center mm-hmm. and then this year they're being joined by a religious group which is basically saying, Oh, it's all baloney, there are no aliens, you know, stuff like that. So you have your choice of venues. Now, I will be at the museum, right. and they have the speakers. And I'm, I notice a, a several programs I'd like to go to myself, as a matter of fact. And the um, we meet and greet in the morning first thing, and then I'm doing four different lectures. Uh, one is the Cult of SETI. You right. noticed that I referred to it as Silly Effort to Investigate.
3: Yes, I did.
5: And, well, you know, when you look at it, these guys have have had a free ride for years. Yep. The wonderful adventure of, we're going to find extraterrestrial life out there. All we have to do is listen and listen and listen and pass the job on to our kids and our grandkids. Because we know there's somebody out there, but they ain't coming here. And they assume, you know, that aliens Mm -hmm. are sending messages our way, radio messages using techniques and frequencies that are right up our alley. You know, they might be a thousand years ahead of us, a million years ahead of us, but we're so so smart that we can figure it out and just wait. Now, unfortunately, uh, there's no evidence to substantiate this at all. Uh, they keep saying there's nothing to UFOs. Mm-hmm. They ignore all the large-scale scientific studies. My lectures, I talk about five of them, and most 98% of the people haven't read any of them and uh, they keep saying uh, there's nothing going on you can't get here from there but they're out there and they're more advanced than we are but not too much because if they were too much then we couldn't pick them up so you know it's kind of crazy we've had radio for roughly 110 years uh, you know give or take a little bit depending on how you define things Uh, the planet uh, unlike what was thought back a few hundred years ago was not created I I hate to shock your listeners but It was not created on October 23rd, 4004 BC, as Bishop Usher proclaimed. Uh, He lost a few zeros. It's more like 4 billion (laughs) 4 BC. And so when you change the perception of how long things have been around, you suddenly realize hey, we haven't been around that long, folks. We don't know much about the past history of the planet, the solar system, the galaxy, the universe. We're ignorant. We're newcomers.
3: We're the new we, kids on the block.
5: Yeah, we're arrogant, too, of course, to of course. go with that. Every new group thinks it's at the top of the heap. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Flying Saucers finished the job that Nicolaus Copernicus started way back, 1543. You remember, Nick, good Polish astronomer who realized that it would be rather upsetting if he had his book published while he was alive, so it was published When he died, uh, in which he had the gall to suggest, I mean, this took gall, all right, that the Earth was not the center of the universe. A little hard to imagine that somebody would say that. The church was very upset about that. The book was banned for 300 years. Uh, And uh, a few guys were burned at the stake for agreeing with him. And uh, you know what? Uh, Flying saucers take us not only out of the center of the universe, but, you know, Copernicus only moved it over one step, to the sun, not far. We're still our solar system. That's it. That's the big point around. Now we suddenly realize, uh uh-oh, the sun isn't the center of the universe. It's not the center of the galaxy. There's nothing special about it, except us, of course, and those who may be visiting as they go by to check us out. uh Some people find that awful hard to accept, you know? So it is a cult. It's got charismatic leadership. It's got very strong dogma. It's got a strong resistance to outside ideas and a very enlarged notion of its own importance. They're going to discover a signal. It's going to be the greatest discovery in man's history. You know, I've, I've had
3: Seth Shostak on the show, and I've asked Seth, I said, well, how do you know that they are actually going to be transmitting a signal that you'll be able to pick up and understand? What do you say? He avoids that question like the plague.
5: Yeah, I know. I devote a whole chapter in uh, <laughs> Flying Saucers in Science to the SETI cultists, to the yep. cult of SETI. And uh, Seth and I have met, and we've tangled. We did a debate on Coast to Coast Radio, mm. which I won. Uh, And we were cordial to each other on the Queen Elizabeth II last westward journey. We each gave three lectures. Uh, This came out of the same thing that led me to get that Lifetime Achievement Award from uh, England, the same group. Anyway, uh, in the course of my lecture, we listened to each other. We were polite. We're gentlemen. Yes. Uh, And uh, I always talk about five large-scale scientific studies and ask how many people we have read one after I describe it. It's funny. His hand didn't go up after each one, and we debated at least six months later, and he still hadn't read any of them. And so it kind of sums up SETI You start with what you want to believe, and you ignore the stuff that doesn't fit with
3: that. I I, I guess, Stan, they're still waiting for Jody Foster to apply for a full-time job, uh, you know, so that when contact is made, they'll have somebody there who knows what the hell to do. Stan Friedman, please stand by, Stan. You and I have to take our uh, commercial break with the news at the bottom of the hour. Great talking to you again, Stan. Stanton Friedman, www.stantonfriedman.com, the father of modern-day ufology. When I come back from this commercial break, on the other side of the news, we'll continue this very interesting conversation with Stanton Friedman, and if you'd like to give us a call, 1-877-528-8255. This is the X-Zone on the Talkstar Radio Network. My name is Rob McConnell, Stanton Friedman, and I return on the other side of the news right here in the X-Zone
2: choosing someone to help guide you through deep financial waters is an important as well as very personal decision. Let me tell you good news. You have a friend in the loan business who is sincerely anxious to help you when you need it. The toll-free number in case you ever do need it is 1-866-464-1800. There'll be an interested, caring, and friendly voice at the other end of the line when you call Prime Pacific Capital. I know it's not every day you need advice on consolidating credit cards or getting a home loan or getting a lower interest rate, but when you do need help, that's no time to take chances. Call 1-866-464-1800 or visit www.talkstarradio.com. Call 1-866-464-1800 and introduce yourself to your friend in the money business. But don't ask for free samples. I already tried that. (laughs) It doesn't work. Call 1-866-464-1800.
3: Douglas James Cottrell, who has been called Canada's Edgar Cayce, has just made available his latest CD, Douglas Cottrell, 2012 Earth Changes, the first CD in the 2012 Prophecy Series. This session features information gathered from the Akashic Records in a deep trance meditation session by Douglas James Cottrell in March of 2009. In this session, Douglas explains changes that have taken place in the Earth's core, changes to the Earth's poles, and the real reason why the polar caps. Are melting. Douglas also elaborates on increased volcanic and earthquake activity between now and 2012, including what, where, and when. To order your copy of Douglas Cottrell 2012 Earth Changes, visit his website at douglasjamescottrell.com or call toll free 877 C O T T R E L.
0: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage
1: McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2.00. Price of participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer a combo meal single item at regular price.
4: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Great news. For a limited time, you can get 1 month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, 1 month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square. In Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.
2: You're listening to Rob McConnell in the X-Zone on the Talkstar Radio Network. Visit us online at www.xzoneradio.com. But
3: lately something's changed It ain't hard to define. Yes, he's got himself a girl and I want to make her mine. Back to the Exxon, everyone. You ain't seen nothing yet until you've gone and spent time in Roswell, New Mexico, and been part of the UFO celebration that happens around the 4th of July each and every year. Joining me this hour is the father of father of modern well. Let me try this one again. The father of modern day ufology, Stanton T. Friedman, is our special guest. His website is www.stantonfriedman.com. Uh, Stanton, what is the latest news on Operation Majestic Twelve documents?
5: Well, you know, it's an interesting question. The people keep attacking it, mm-hmm. uh, and the, the latest news, uh, I, when I was in Brazil, I was talking to Robert Hastings, who's done some very good work on nukes and UFOs and nuclear facilities and nuclear-tipped missiles and all yeah. that sort of thing, and uh, he's been in touch with Tim Cooper, who was the recipient of a whole slew of supposed Majestic 12 documents, which I found were unacceptable, and I only push uh Three and a half, and a half, so to speak, the Eisenhower briefing document, the Color twining memo, and the Truman Forrestal memo. Now, there's a couple hundred more pages of stuff, but I can't find a reason to accept any of them, and I've shown why a number of them are frauds, Right. and Tim uh, has now stated that he's renouncing all the MJ-12 documents, uh, not just the ones that he supposedly received, you know, stuffed into his mailbox at a mm-hmm. post office in California, without postage on him, which is kind of a neat trick. Uh, he flunked a polygraph examination, but and he refuses to take another one. But now he not only has, has renounced what he did, but he didn't say he faked anything. Now you understand that, but he's saying they're all frauds, and I can't find a good reason to buy into that and. Robert Hastings and I had a long discussion about this, and there are problems on the periphery of the MJ-12 documents, but that's why I updated my book, Top Secret Slash Magic, M-A-J-I-C. In 2005, I added 5,000 words to deal with the arguments against the primary documents, as I call them, and I can't find one that stands up. And yet I still get guys saying, oh, everybody knows these things are fraudulent except Friedman. Well... I keep saying, okay, where's your argument? Tell me something about the documents you don't like. Let's see if we can deal with it. I mean, obviously, everybody gets a kick out of the fact when I show Phil Klass's check to me for $1,000 for proving him wrong about the typeface on one of the documents. Uh, he thought it, that it was, uh, sh- he said it should have been elite. It's PICA, therefore it's fraudulent, because he had nine documents from the Eisenhower Library, and they were all in elite so the Cutler Twining Memo, which is in PICA, uh-oh, that's a fraud. He offered me $100 each for every genuine document from the National Security Council meeting a bunch of criteria and how to be signed and so forth. Right. Anyway, but he set a limit of 10, unfortunately, or I'd have made a lot of money. <laughs> After I submitted 14 to him, he'd never been to the Eisenhower Library. they got 250,000 pages. Of National Security Council material, the thought that you can generalize from nine to two hundred and fifty thousand is pretty darn silly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, he—I sent him the fourteen. There were more, but I sent him fourteen and an invoice for a thousand dollars, and he paid me. Then he got madder and heck when I used a, a copy of his check and something I wrote, and it's in Flying Saucers and Science as well. So everybody knows that that argument is no good. And I I keep looking for others because I'm willing to listen. I've been to 20 archives. I do a lot of looking. And people should understand that uh, the documents, early 50s, uh, 1947 and then early 50s, this is before people were using computers and templates and, you know, uh, typewriters, uh, you had an item right at the beginning of the show about the first typewriter. That's right. And kind of intriguing, and uh, I still use one to write address labels, as a matter of fact, <laughs> believe it or not. A, I mean, it's an electric one, uh, you know, with the little ball on IBM Selectric, I guess it's called. But what I'm saying is I've heard more garbage... Oh, gee, uh, they didn't. Nobody said top secret restricted on a document, so it must be phony. Well, the GAO wrote in their report on what all they did looking for Roswell documents for Congressman Schiff that they found several instances of the use of top secret restricted. When I asked for a copy, Stan, they're still classified. Too bad. And there's a whole long list of these things. Uh, this, one of the sillier ones by the head of the CSI Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, you know, Dr. Joseph Nickel. Oh, yeah. Well, he's got three degrees in English. That qualifies him as a scientific investigator, doesn't oh, he? Plus he's a magician. I was just going to add that. I'm yeah. glad you did. Uh, so, what else do you need? A master of deception. Isn't that what magicians are? Exactly. And he, uh, of course, immediately decided the documents were fraud, because on the front page it says, eight november comma 1952 uh-oh the comma is a giveaway he said uh the government style manual says you don't have a comma there well if you go to the darn archives you'll find all kinds of date formats back then depending on who typed it and you know this is typical of the level of discussion uh And they don't want to deal with all the things that I found that nobody knew to be true when we got the documents that turned out to be true later. And, you know, one of them is uh, Donald Menzel's role in classified activities. Now, I must admit, I was very, very surprised, shocked. I mean, here's a guy who was considered the number one UFO debunker, wrote three anti-UFO books, a Harvard professor of astronomy, Well, right away you say, what the heck is he doing on a committee of 12 where all the other 11, you can easily show, had very high security clearances? You know, Air Force generals, three directors of Central Intelligence, stuff like that. You sure don't need a security clearance to teach uh, astronomy at Harvard.
3: Unless you're teaching it uh, to the members of the CIA and uh, the NSA and the Army and Navy and Air Force.
5: Oh, you noticed that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I found, that to my total shock, uh, of course I had to get permission from three different people to look at his papers at Harvard. And no, they're not on the computer, and you can't go to your desktop and look at all this stuff.
3: Everybody's groaning now, Stan.
5: Uh, sorry. Yeah. yeah, the people at the Eisenhower Library have told me they've had people come to the door and say, can you put uh, MJ-12 in your computer and tell us what you've got? <laughs> no. Why not? Well, our stuff isn't computerized. Well, what can I do? Well, look through our finder's aids. There's about 50 of them, and it gives you down to the folder level and box level. Oh, there's 10 million pages of stuff. Well, it's probably gone up now uh, at the Eisenhower Library. And they're shocked. You mean they'd have to do some work? <laughs> well, it, it, it's funny, really, in its own crazy way. So, Have you, have
3: you ever tried to explain to... Uh, somebody who is new into research what microfilm is. They they still think it's something that just James Bond and spies used.
5: Well, yeah. I mean, it, there's all kinds of aspects of this that average person... Well, uh, people have told me, Stan, don't you know that everything's declassified after, pick a number, 20 years, 30 years, 25 years, whatever. And I said, well, I know that that's not true. I worked yeah. under security for 14 years. I've been to 20 archives. There's plenty of stuff that's still... Well, the Eisenhower Library has over 200,000 pages of classified material. He's been out of office since 1961, for goodness sakes. You know, so you run into all all this kind of stuff. Anyway, uh, I'm convinced, and there's an update chapter in Flying Saucers and Science, but I'm convinced that the three major documents are genuine for a whole long list of reasons, and I deal with all the... Uh, the objections well let let me give another one just to give you some flavor Uh, somebody pointed out that it says briefing officer this is a briefing for the president-elect Eisenhower he'd been elected two weeks earlier and he was being briefed at the Pentagon on all kinds of high security stuff and uh, they uh, people said uh, that there were all kinds of things that uh, couldn't be true that were in the documents and I just lost my train of thought I'm getting old anyway uh, I've looked at all of these objections one by one by one and I can't find any that stand up it's not just Menzel that was a a shocker I mean I I didn't like the man while he was alive to tell you the truth Uh, but I'm still looking for that big objection Oh, the, the thing I was getting at was it lists Admiral Roscoe Hillencoder as MJ-1. Ah, well, he was only a vice-admiral. Too bad. Documents are fraud. However, when you look more carefully at the document and standard practices at the time, you find that the use of generic ranks, in other words, you use the term admiral for rear admiral, vice admiral, four-star use the term general for brigadier, major, lieutenant, four-star, etc. turns out that's standard practice, and the other people on the list are also, their generic ranks are used, and I found definite examples at the Eisenhower Library were Brigadier General Goodpaster, who was the staff secretary under Ike, uh, he would take minutes or take notes at meetings when they were typically a mixture of civilian and military with Ike, and he was the one who had to keep track of, you know, what needs to get done and who's got to do what and what assignments were made and so forth. Anyway, uh, at the beginning of each of these memcons, as they were called, he would list the attendees, and he would list them all by generic rank, including himself, General Goodpast. He would sign it, Brigadier General Goodpaster. And I asked two different archivists independently, does this bother you, this use of uh, generic ranks? Standard practice, why would it bother us? You know, that's what they did. Ike does it in one of his books that I looked at. So, I mean, you get a whole bunch of this kind of stuff. And uh, what can I say? Some people don't want to believe that there could be secrets being kept uh, from them, especially. That's a problem around Washington. Big shots there think, hey, if this were going on, I would know about it, and I don't, so it must not be, which is baloney, you know? So it's it's weird Mm -hmm. how people keep maintaining that everybody knows they're a fraud, and you, you try to say, well, give me some reason for saying that. And with Tim Cooper that I mentioned earlier, he renounces all the documents, not just the ones he was connected with, but there isn't a word as to why. His feeling, this is research by proclamation, who cares? Yeah. Show, show me evidence, that's what documents are about, evidence, you know, and so it's been kind of fun, but you get a little sick after a while of it, and, uh, you know, I, I go on to other things whenever I can, uh I'm, we mentioned Roswell. Incidentally, I'm giving three other talks besides the cult of SETI. Uh, one is the UFO why questions. That's what people want to know. You know, why would aliens come here? Why doesn't the government tell us what it knows? Why don't they land on the White House lawn? You know, the usual litany of that sort of thing. Uh, there's another one on this is right up my alley. Star travel? Yes. Uh, that's a question mark after star travel. I worked on fission and fusion rockets, mm-hmm. nuclear power plants for space, and it's one of the loudest objections, especially from astronomers, of course, that you can't get here from there, Stan, don't you know that? No, I don't know that at all. Exactly.
3: Uh, why Why? Why are some people so narrow-minded that if we can't do it, no one else can?
5: Well, the thing is, they don't even know what we can do. I worked on a fusion propulsion system right. back in the early 60s. That's a long time ago. Now, fusion is, in our world, at the moment, sort of the ultimate. Is there a little more energy per pound than in chemical rockets? Well, yeah, there's a lot more. As a matter of fact, there's 10 million times as much energy per particle as you can get in a dumb old chemical rocket. And, you know, people... Think astronomers of all people. They know that all the stars produce their energy by nuclear fusion. We figured it out, and we Earthlings, I am an Earthling, and I presume you are too, last I heard. anyway. Yes, I am. Uh, In 1938, a brilliant scientist at Cornell University figured out the fusion reactions. And, you know, typical Earthlings, we put it to use in 1952. We exploded the first hydrogen bomb it produced the energy equivalent of exploding 10 million tons of TNT.
3: Stanton, please stand by. We've got to take our final break. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour is Stanton T. Friedman, the father of modern-day ufology, www.stantonfriedman.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this break as the Exxon continues, live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, on Talkstar. Whether you're a believer or a skeptic, the ExoN Apple iPod is just the tool when investigating the world of the paranormal, the science of parapsychology, watching or listening to your favorite episode of the ExoN, or just surfing the net. Just imagine music that looks as good as it sounds. Touch your movies, photos, and more. Internet in your pocket. Play games like never before. Push email, push calendar, push contacts for iPod Touch. Your XZone iPod will be shipped to you in its Apple packaging and include everything that you will need to start enjoying an iPod adventure that is truly out of this world and covered by Apple's warranty. As a very special introductory offer, the 8-gigabyte Exxon Apple iPod can be yours for the incredible price of $275. That's right, $275. To order your Xzone Apple iPod, go to www.xzoneipod.com. That's www.xzoneipod.com. Order your Xzone Apple iPod today. Are you getting tired of all the bad news? Well, then take a break from the worries of the world and play the love game. It's time to focus on what is really important in our lives, our relationships. You deserve more love, happiness, and harmony in your life. Synchro Hearts is the new hot relationship game that guarantees more love, laughter, and romance for you and your partner. It's not a sex game. It's a love game based on all the important relationship stuff like better communication, more intimacy, and lots of fun and excitement. Great intimacy is just one of the benefits of playing Synchro Hearts. Now, President Obama inspires hope, love, and peace for the world. Synchro Hearts offers more hope, love, and harmony for relationships. To order your very own edition of Synchro Hearts, visit Synchro Hearts' website now at www.synchrohearts.com. That's www.synchrohearts.com synchro hearts it's the game you love to play and play to love we all have
0: that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone mcdonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in this is your sign to thank them and if you're that friend this is us saying thank you
3: Back, everyone. Stanton T. Friedman is our special guest. www.stantonfriedman.com. First of all, Stanton, thank you very much for joining us tonight here in the X Zone, and I hope you have a great time in Roswell during the festivities uh, coming up on the fourth of uh, July. I understand. Oh, starting
5: on the second.
3: Second, second, third, fourth, and wrapping up on the fifth. <laughs> T- tell me, Stanton. Project Mogul. What is yeah. the what's the truth behind this? You know, you, you, you well, listen. You, know, you listen a, to people a, like Cal Corf, and he says, "Roswell was nothing else but mogul."
5: Well, that that's uh, what shall I call it? Horse manure. Okay, I'll be polite. Thank you, Stan. Uh, the, the crazy thing is, there was a project mogul. It mm-hmm. was not a big deal. Somebody figured out that since you could hear sounds underwater, submarines were listening for now. Now that they're nuclear-powered, they can go a long ways underwater. Through certain channels in the water, you can hear them from a long ways away. And maybe that exists in the atmosphere, too. So when the Russians explode their first A-bomb, we'll be able to hear it uh, with a transponder, a device sitting up there on a constant-altitude balloon train, a mogul balloon train. And, you know, you put 20, 25 of these things at 20-foot intervals, and... You've got a little ballast, and they go up there, and they should stay aloft at a constant altitude for a long time and send back, they got radio signals, nothing fancy, none of the technology was classified. The only thing classified about it was the purpose, to listen for Soviet nuclear tests. And, you know, it was brought into the picture in, what, in the 90s, When suddenly the Air Force realized that, gee, people were taking this Roswell stuff seriously. We better do something about it. So they came up with that was the explanation. The trouble is, when you look at it carefully, there's nothing about Mogul, Calcorp notwithstanding, that stands up to scrutiny as having explained what happened at Roswell. In the first place... There was nothing special about the balloons. They were standard, normal, neoprene weather balloons. Not these huge polyethylene balloons you'll usually see on television, unfortunately. Uh, The radar reflectors were made out of balsa wood and had foil covered with paper on them that any three-year-old could tear. Now, they were so classified that many of the flights were not accompanied by airplanes, keeping track of them. They were left to lie on the ground. That tells you something. Excellent work has been done by Dr. David Rudiak, showing that there's no way any of the launches they claim were responsible for Roswell uh, could have produced it. The timing is wrong. The materials are wrong. Uh, There was far too much material for it to be a Mogul balloon train. The rancher had recovered balloons. Every rancher down there had. They used weather balloons at the Roswell Army Airfield, Standard practice. And so it, it just doesn't fit. And as some famous lawyers said, if it doesn't fit, you must acquit. It doesn't work. The dates are wrong. The materials are wrong. The testimony conflicts with what the witnesses said. As a matter of fact, if you look on July 8th, it says found last week. Then suddenly, oh, it was (laughs) mid-June.
3: Stan, we've got to say so long for tonight. Like I said, uh, continued success. We always love having you here on the X-Zone. And uh, Kevin Randall was on the show last night, and he asked me to say hi to you. Oh, well,
5: good. Thank you. Take
3: care of yourself, Stan. Happy trails and uh, safe trips to you. So long now. Stan T. Friedman, the father of modern-day ufology, www.stantonfriedman.com. When I come back from the news on the other side of this commercial break and the news, Cliff Mickelson will be joining me for a Morgellons update. You know, the fiber disease here live and around the world on the X.
0: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you.